And you're in, back with Encounter with God here on Faith FM, Mon. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thanks. I almost, <laughs> almost didn't make it back. Mon took a break during the news break, just to let you know. And uh, she was she appeared with running down the hallway with 10 seconds left to spare. <laughs> with our, produ- like, our producer yep. yelling down the hall, you've got 10 seconds! <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I've just reached across, grabbed the quiz, ready to go, but uh, yeah, I made I it. Just uh, and, I made and it. Even got to just let the record show that in the last year that I've been doing this, I've only once not made it back to the microphone in time. No, <laughs> twice. Was, twice. And sorry. That was, that was Actually, maybe three times. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it. The one time that I remember was the best ever, whereas like Mon went to do something in the kitchen and completely <laughs> forgot that she was supposed to be on radio. I had a total brain fart. <laughs> I did it once with Taryn uh, and once with you when I was chopping up mango and then once when I was actually driving down the street still and you came on the radio without me to introduce the show and I was... That's right. You were running late. Yeah, yeah. Three times so once you were Once you were running late, but the, the most fun one was when you were cutting up mango. <laughs> I, was, like, I was just in mango heaven. I was Mon, just Mon off forgot, with the mango fairies. she had a job. <laughs> yeah, that's like, how good mango is though. Why am I here? I have no idea why I'm here, but I'm, I'm here cutting up mango. mango. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. maybe I'm supposed to be on the radio. <laughs> uh, I need to have one of those buzzers they give you at the food court when your food's ready. <laughs> when you've got like 10 seconds left the buzzer goes off and I'm like oh, oh, oh. yeah Mon we're going to um, put a little bit more than 10 seconds yeah, on it give me 20 give me 20 <laughs> I can sprint I can sprint I still got it anyway whew, a little bit breathless let me give you the next clue for our quiz uh, let me see where I want to okay it's another quote uh, so this is a quote for our what book and my quiz this morning the quote says this for what I do oh, hang on wait let me start again for what I want to do I do not do but what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the Lord is good. <laughs> Way too much do doing that. <laughs> yep. Part of the day. Yeah. Okay. So I'm sure we all know that famous verse. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we all know where it's from. So mm-hmm. give me a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM and you can win the prize. And I'll give you an extra prize if you can tell me how many times the word grace is found in this book. Because apparently it's the book that has the most um, recorded grace I give you an right. extra prize if you can give you, give me chapter and verse for that quote. For that, oh, now, Lyle's without looking out. it up, without With, looking it up. How are we going to monitor that? You're going to be honest. Yeah, this is a Christian show. <laughs> yeah, don't come on air and lie. <laughs> you can't. You can't win a Bible quiz <laughs> by lying. Yeah, by cheating. Give us a call one eight hundred Faith FM. Okay, so just a quick reminder to all of our listeners who might uh, be struggling as they drive down the road. If your signal is about to disappear. Flip over to your uh, phone and listen to the radio there. That's how everybody does it these days. Uh, the Tune In app is a good way to go. You can get the free version, which is the version that I use. And that way you will be able to listen to Faith FM anywhere in the world. Or you can simply go through your browser to faithfm.com.au, press play, run it through your car stereo, and you will have perfect radio um, right across Australia. But right now we need to get into our encounter with God and hopefully uh, here in the studio this morning, I'm not going to freeze to death. It is getting a bit chilly, isn't it? Look at you all cold. I am just about like an the ice block. Lyle and I had a bit of a fight before we went on air about, <laughs> about the aircon. He likes it warm. He was like, we need to have the room permanently at 27 degrees. And I'm like, 27 degrees? I was thinking like 17. He wouldn't even meet me at the middle. That's just not nice. Yeah, we'll just move to... 
Invercargill. Morning, you'll be happy. Well, how about you just move to the Sahara? Then you'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just do radio from both of those locations. 27 is a nice degrees. Give us a call, 1-800-324-843. Tell us what you think the temperature sh- should be here in the Faith FM studio. Yeah, and My vote is for 27 degrees. I think that when you are sitting down and you are only exercising your brain and your mouth, that you are not building up any you know warmth through physical activity, that 27 is where it should be. And I say it should be 17 degrees because then it's nice and cool and your brain can stay active. However, I'm willing to compromise and go up to 23. Lyle's not willing to compromise. And I just want to explain, before you call us up and tell yeah, us all your, your ideas, I want you to understand that um, that's a terrible thing to say. I want you to understand <laughs> that this is a, a tiny studio. It's stuffy. There's no like wind or anything. Oh, so there is a window. Everyone knows that 27 degrees is, and the window is, is fine, except when you're in a stuffy small room. Exaggeration. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, there's a window. See, and now we're having this fight on air. <laughs> <laughs> I told you we should have this one on air. Lyle's now, because I asked, I asked our producer to turn the, turn the aircon on earlier, and now Lyle's sitting here with his arms crossed, huddling. Well, it's like the, you look like a little cold penguin, middle, Lyle. <laughs> I know, it's the middle of summer, and I need to wear a jumper. And I, the, Which whole is great. Point, the whole point of summer is not having to wear a jumper. Or you know, a one singlet. of the nicest things to do in summer when it's boiling hot is to go inside, close all the curtains, shut all the doors and windows, crank up the aircon, and then snuggle up in a cuddly blanket and go to sleep as if it's winter. That's just horrific, Mon. <laughs> that is horrific. I am single-handedly Mon, destroying the environment. Mon the greenie. Mon the greenie here I'm this a, morning. I'm a vegetarian vegan. That's my piece for the green. If we were all vegans, we wouldn't have to have any you know, concerns about cleaning the environment through aircon. That's exactly it. If we all, if we were all vegan, we could all own huge cars. We could all have aircons in every single room. You know, It wouldn't be a problem. So there. You are doing. You are not just doing damage to the environment. Stick Mon. You are that doing, in your Bible and you read are doing, it. You are doing damage to your <laughs> bank account. <laughs> Be interesting to hear how much there. your uh, summer electricity bill. Do you know it's funny because my housemates and I made an agreement that we were going to switch on the aircon all summer to save money. Yeah, you last as far as like what the yeah, first, first day, and day. it's been on every single day since. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be so broke when you get that bill. Yeah. And I'm going to have zero sympathy. Okay, where were we? Oh, uh, we're in the book of Revelation. So yes. let's go to Revelation chapter 2. We are talking about the letter to the church in Smyrna. And of course, this uh, in symbolic time deals with a time period from about 100 AD through to the year 313. Are we going to move on to the church in Pergamum? Were they in trouble because they were fighting? Were they fighting over aircon? They weren't fighting over aircon, no. They did have aircon in those days. I don't know whether they had it in Pergamon, but they did have aircon. How did that work? Nebuchadnezzar had aircon in his palace in Babylon. Please explain. 600 years before these Oh, wait, is this like slaves who had to fan you? No. Okay, how did it work? Basically, what he had was a system of uh, pumping water because they could pump water in those days. Mm -hmm. And he pumped water to the top of his palace. And it flowed in a uh, in, in in cascades and waterfalls all the way down over the outside of the palace and air, con- air conditioned to the inside. Oh, I've heard the ancient Egyptians used to get like like a like almost like a bead curtain and hang it in their doorways and then drip water down each strand of bead. So each doorway had like, and when the breeze went through it, it would get cooled by the water. Mm. That's pretty interesting as well, isn't it? 
fascinating ways yeah. they had kind of in Egypt, in, in Egypt. They're talking about uh, some areas in New South Wales or South Australia. I think it was today hitting fifty degrees. Oh, and Egypt is the only place where I've ever experienced fifty degrees. But in it- Egypt, it was bone. Dry, zero humidity. Oh, heat. when you breathe in, your lungs turn to sand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But so, but what that does mean is that because there's zero humidity, shade is actually a really powerful thing. Oh, really? You walk in the shade, and it's like, oh, I can live. You walk out of the shade, it's like, I can't live. <laughs> I'm dead. I would have thought you loved it because you like the heat so much, Lyle. Fifties pushing it. Yeah, really. I did say twenty-seven. <laughs> I didn't say fifty. It's like you know, just let's just half, under double. Let's half that fifty. <laughs> Yeah, 23. <laughs> anyway, Whatever. the church in Smyrna, the, the home place of myrrh. That's right. Okay, so the Bible says in verse 10. Oh, I'm sorry. One? Just want to interrupt. We just had a message from our listeners. Mm-hmm. They just said, tell sorry. Us to stop talking about temperature. And no, start they, talking they're about- joining in. They're chiming in and they've said, sorry, Lyle. They're with Mon. Yes! Yes! Crank that aircon to uh, Arctic. <laughs> there you go. So there's, a, so there's not only one crazy person. I want to see snow. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should name and shame this person on air. Never their secret dies with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Read for us verse 10. Verse 10 says, Don't be afraid of what you're about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. You will suffer for 10 days. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. Crown of life. That sounds amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Is that an actual crown or a symbolic crown? Uh, There's a really easy way to find out the answer to that question, Mon. Ask it for question of the day. Uh, Be there in heaven and you will know. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, the Bible actually speaks about this in a lot of different places, and you know, crowns obviously vary tremendously um, around the world in you know what they are and, and, and what they symbolise. But yeah, the Bible seems to s- indicate yes, we will have headwear. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so yes, a crown and exactly what that crown looks like. Yeah, I don't really know, but it's going to be good, whatever it is, um, and I'm going to be happy with it. So that's the main thing that we need to worry about right here. But one of the things that we need to um, discuss in this passage is, once again, we are in a passage that is talking about persecution. So Jesus introduced himself to this church as being, you know, he that was dead and is alive. And the encouragement all the way through is encouragement um, you know, don't fear death um, because there is a resurrection. Don't fear persecution. You know, the indication is that this is going to be a period of tremendous persecution against Christianity. So maybe we should spend a little bit of time looking at that from a historical perspective. Can I just ask? I heard someone say recently that any time God's people have undergone uh, considerable persecution, right, that um, God actually, the Bible actually prophesied, like God warned his people beforehand. Is that true? Um, I'd have to think about that, but um, which is, I mean, if it is true, if God does actually warn, has warned His people in every moment of history before they're about to go under some considerable persecution, that's actually really nice. Like if you think about it, you yeah, know, God's always giving you a hands up, a, a bit like these students who did that exam before they do the exam, they have a little session beforehand where you know that's like a pre-warning, and they can sort of work it out and get themselves ready and prepared. It's the sort of same thing, right? Was sort of like you know warning you, preparing you, just like you know we're heading for the time of trouble. God's given us lots of um, 
uh, mm. prophecy, mm. letting us know, telling us to be prepared so we can prepare ourselves spiritually, mentally. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so you're not paying attention, are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I am paying attention. I'm just sort of, I'm just cogitating that one through and deciding in my mind whether there is any persecutions that have come about without warning. warning. And I think you are actually right. Yeah. By the way, yes, I have a text message. No, please. <laughs> yes, your wife doesn't count. Uh, somebody is with me. Your wife doesn't count. Uh, Two became one. You count, you're just, you're, you count for one. Uh, my, my source is remaining as as uh, as anonymous as your source. <laughs> Whatever, Trevor. Don't go blaming my wife. <laughs> I know exactly where your wife stands on this. <laughs> I think if she could burn every single aircon on the planet, she would. <laughs> All right. So um, there's a number of things. Well, okay. Let's let's look at this. Uh, well, let's let's come back to persecution during this era. Persecution yes. during this era era came from Imperial Rome. Okay. This is Roman persecution. Um, Imperial Rome at this particular time was pagan, so we call it pagan Roman persecution. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we need to look at some of the reasons why. Why was it that this religion was persecuted? Why persecute people just because they have a different religion from you? The Roman Empire was made up of a multitude of different religions. Okay. Because it was a very large empire that ruled over so many different countries and every different country had their own gods. I would have thought there was very few religions. I would have thought, you know, like a, isn't, wouldn't, back then, wasn't church and state like completely intermingled? So wouldn't a state had just forced one religion or am I getting that wrong? Yeah, well, kind of yes and no. Because it, the, the mindset was in the ancient world that if my country, my nation is over to, able to conquer your nation, then my gods are stronger than your gods. Exactly. Okay, so here's how it worked. Um, in their minds, they would much prefer you to stay worshipping your gods because your gods are weaker. Oh, I see. So, yes, please, stay with those gods. Don't come over to our gods because then you will gain the equal strength to us. It's a way of population control to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Okay, so when the Roman Empire went out and it conquered the world, it licensed the various religions that it conquered. Gotcha. So, for instance, when it conquered Egypt, it licensed the Egyptian religion with all you know three thousand odd gods or whatever they had down there in Egypt. When it li- when it uh, um, conquered the Greeks, it licensed you know all of your Greek gods, your Titans and your Olympians, and then adopted them because they were seen as being very powerful gods. Uh, when it uh, you know conquered Gaul, you know France or or, or um, Britain. Um, it licensed, you know, your Celtic gods and so forth. And the idea was that, yes, you keep worshipping those lesser gods and we will keep the more powerful ones to ourselves. That was more or less how it worked. Mm-hmm. The culture of the ancient times was that your your uh, religion was connected to your nationality. Yeah, and yeah. so if you were Celtic, you worshipped Celtic gods. If you were Egyptian, you worshipped Egyptian gods. If you were Jewish, you worshipped Yahweh, um, and so forth. And it was very rare for people to cross over, wasn't it? Very rare for people mm-hmm. to cross over, um, almost unheard of. And, of course, the imperial, you know, imperial Rome had no fear of Yahweh because they conquered Judah. So why would they worry about Yahweh? It's like, yes, Yahweh was licensed. The Jews were allowed to worship their God. Um, you know, Herod the Great, you know, rebuilt the temple there to be the greatest of all of the temples that was built in Jerusalem ever. And so then, if you've got all of these different gods throughout the empire, why is it that they only persecute one? 
Jesus Christ and the followers of Jesus Christ. That's a very good question, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Had, so Jesus Christ comes along and he is presented as a new God, right? Right. To to, to their minds, this is a new God. To us, we'd say, no, that's the same God that, you know, the Jews have been worshipping their entire uh, life. But to them, he is presented as a new God. So there's this new God that has popped up. His name is Jesus Christ. They have a lot to fear from this new God. Do you know why? And it has nothing to do with the miracles that he did. Was he posing a threat to their state and their religion? Because was he taking away... Were so many people converting to his... Okay, before the conversions, the mass conversions across the empire even begin, he's a major threat. Here's why he's a threat. Oh, wait, 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 wait. let me see. Is it because it was prophesied? I mean, that's why Herod was upset and had all the, mm. all the babies knocked off, right? This is a good point, but no. Yeah. Okay. Because no. Romans didn't care about the prophecies. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, he'd never been tested in battle. Oh. He's a new God oh. that they have never conquered. Okay, Yahweh has been conquered. They're not afraid of Yahweh. Ra has been conquered. They're not afraid of Ra. Um, you know, and you can go on and on down through the, the, the list of gods throughout the empire. They've all been conquered. They've all been tested in battle. We know we can conquer these gods. Here you've got one that has never been conquered. There's your first problem. Now, normally, that's an easy problem to solve. You go to war against the nation that that God belongs to. With Jesus Christ, how are you going to do that? Yeah, he has no nation. What nation? There is no nation. So they're worried that he's going to cause an uprising amongst the people. There is not because when, when Christianity comes along, it is the first religion the world has ever seen that suddenly... And rapidly, which comes to the point you made here a minute ago, which Mm -hmm. is a very valid point, which suddenly and rapidly crosses all national barriers. Okay, yeah. And so, all right, you've got this new God. We don't know how strong this new God is. We don't know how big of a threat this new God is. And how do we fight it? Mm. Yeah. You know, because we, we could fight... We could fight Judah, but we're just fighting against Yahweh down there. We, we can fight Greece, but we're fighting against you know, your Olympians and your Titans. We can fight, you know, and, and it's like, what do we do? So it's How new. We, okay, and so they're freaking the, out because it's new. That's right. So, but they could also have thought if it doesn't, if it's not attached to any one particular nation, maybe this will become like a dominant world religion, just the way, the same way, like you know, Babylon became a world empire and so forth. Maybe they thought that could be, a and that's and that's a part of it as well. Okay, and then what you have is being superstitious, of course. Anytime there is a disaster. You know, so the economy crashes somewhere or there is an earthquake or the river Tiber floods or whatever it might be, then you have to stop and ask yourself the question, okay, why are the gods upset? And the obvious answer is going to be, well, there's this new god wandering around and maybe that's the problem right there. Oh, I see. Wait, isn't that also a a foreshadow for us? It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And so any disaster, and of course, if you want to, you know, if you're looking for somebody to blame because, you know, you know how politicians are. Yes. It's always like, oh, no, not me. Can't possibly be my fault. Not my Mm -hmm. fault. Uh, Oh, the Christians. They become the easy ones to blame for all of the disasters that are taking place in the world. Yeah, because they haven't got a nation, they haven't got an army. Exactly. They're sitting ducks. And so because you can't go to war against that nation, what you do is you go to war against those people. And so persecution breaks out against Christianity. In normal circumstances, there would have been a war. Somebody would have won the war. After the war was won, everything would have settled down. Yeah. 
With Christianity, you have persecution that breaks out, and this is where you have Christians, you know, being taken to the arena and executed in the arena. And we have so many stories of, you know, uh, it's like gladiator stuff, and yeah, yeah. all that, all that, you know, fed to the lions and so forth. And they basically become a form of entertainment. It begins with Nero. Yeah, uh, Nero wasn't so much um, superstitious as he was a psycho. He just enjoyed killing people, and yeah. these were guys were a likely target. We'll talk more about it, but before we do, Carly Fletcher, let there be. When God looked on eternity, He saw you and He saw me, and He said, It's worth the risk to have you in my life. What I want to Let there be you. 
That's Carly Fletcher with Let There Be here on Faith FM. You're going to give us another clue there, Mon? Nobody's stepped yes, this one up sir, yet. Yes, sir, I am. I am. This is... Uh, there hasn't been any easy, obvious yeah, clues Yeah, I yet. think we're... Uh, the, I'm about to give the last clue that we have on the clue card, but I think after this we should maybe DIY and make up some of our own clues and make them a bit easier. Sure. Because uh, this is pretty hard. Uh, so this is another quote. Uh, what book am I? Quote, for all have sinned and fallen and fall short of the glory of God. Give me chapter and verse on that one. Yes. I can give you chapter and verse oh, on the last Oh, just give us quotes. the book. Just give us the book. We'll send you the prize. And, uh, and I think in the next segment, we'll do some easier clues. Like maybe we'll tell the people who wrote it. Hmm. How, 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 many, how many books did he write? The guy who wrote it. A bunch. It? He wrote a bunch. Yes. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Give us a call if you know the answer. Our number, of course, is 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. The second, second most prolific, prolific author of the New Testament. Yes. Mm. See, he was a lawyer, wasn't he? Mm, clues coming out left, right, yeah. and centre here, Mon. <laughs> All right, so uh, where are we up to? We were um, reading here in verse 10. So we're talking about persecution in uh, the ancient Roman world and some of the reasons why uh, persecution was so fierce. We begin with Nero, who was a psychopath, and he used to just uh, you know, um, get Christians and paint them with tar, put them on poles, and then light them up for his garden parties. That was um, Oh, gross. Yeah, yeah. This, Nero was, um, you know, he was a sicko. Was a but it sort of started from there, mm-hmm. and then emperors that came after him, and the more religious the emperors were, the more bitter the persecution, the more secular, the less the persecution, which speaks very strongly in favor of secular government. Uh-huh. Which we're going to be discussing more because our question of the day is about separation yeah, of church and state. Yeah. So very interesting. Absolutely. Um, and so, uh, you know, your secular emperors, the emperors that didn't really believe in God, you know, religious liberty would start to flourish. And then you'd get some religious emperors that would come along and it would uh, it would all go down the tube. But notice here in verse 10, it says um, there's a time prophecy. How long is the time prophecy there in verse 10, Mon? The time prophecy, it's like uh, 10 days? So, ten days. Yeah, ten days. Ten days. So this is a fairly short period of time, right? Unless it's prophetic days. Uh, well, it is prophetic days because a prophetic means predicted. So does that mean a day for a year? Ah, mm. symbolic. That's symbolic days. Sim- also, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Symbolic yes. days. But even then, ten years in terms of other Bible prophecies, that's still pretty short. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about this uh, ten-year period for a moment because, as Mon has pointed out, a day in Bible prophecy symbolizes a year. Uh, up until the end of this time of Roman persecution, what you had was basically the idea was they the the the, the, the empire went after the leadership, mm-hmm. and this is why you know the uh, disciples lost their lives um, in persecution, and it just sort of you know continued on from there because they were considered to be the leaders. The idea being, you know, cut the head off the snake, the snake dies. The problem was. And when Diocletian came to power, he recognized this. While ever the scriptures existed, Christianity would exist. Okay, that's and it's a pretty fair assumption. If you cut, you know, one head off one snake, the nature of Christianity is that somebody is going to stand up and replace that person. Now, Diocletian is an interesting character. Diocletian was born as a peasant in the poorest imaginable circumstances. Uh, a couple of years ago, I visited his palace in Split oh, in really? Croatia. Have you been to Split? Croatia? Oh yeah, I've been to Split. That's amazing. Yeah, you know Diocletian's palace, right? I must, yeah, yeah. That's that's a big one. In the, the old middle. town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Diocletian Loved built that. It. Amazing. Oh, really? Yeah, that was his retirement well, home. I sat there for hours, just people watching and building, watching. It was a beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. best place ever. Uh, anyway. So Diocletian comes to power. The way that he comes to power is quite unique. Uh, he was with the army, 
um, on military campaign, and he had risen up through the ranks. He actually joined the army as a kid. Okay. Yeah, looking after you know officers and that kind of stuff, like seven or eight years old. Um, he's a peasant. He's got nothing. Um, facing you know possible starvation. Too many kids in the family. How do we feed them? Okay, we give this one to the army. So he's just handed off to the army, and he grows up in with the, up up in the army. You can imagine the uh, level of PTSD that somebody yeah, would have like that separation. by the time they uh, they hit you know their eighties or something or other. You know, a, a life of separation from parents and a life of violence. Mm-hmm. And of course, violence in those days was you know incredibly up close and personal, where you would literally hack people to death. Oh, gross. Um, you this know, has been a pretty gross, face. violent show today, Lyle. Yeah, it has <laughs> been. Say. It, 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 well, but this was, this was, you know, you can imagine what yeah. that would do to your psyche. Yeah. And that's well, you important. can imagine what I was doing to my psyche this morning. I haven't been able to finish my mango, all this talk of grossness. <laughs> but go on. <laughs> Please, don't stop. <laughs> Should I mention the text message that you sent me yesterday? <laughs> night, 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 night. Stay on track, stay on track. Oh, dear. And one's complaining about me being gross. Okay, so the, the army, the emperor dies. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, the leaders at that time, they recognize that whenever the emperor dies, it destabilizes the empire until somebody replaces them. Uh, there are a number of them that have, you know, very specific ideas as to who the next emperor should be. And so the only way to actually secure their um, ideas is to get back to Rome as quickly as possible. The army did not travel fast, and so that's going to take a long time. Of course, by the time you get back to Rome, it's going to be all done and dusted. Somebody else is going to be on the throne, and it's all going to be over. Yeah. So they don't tell anyone the emperor's died. Oh. They just start marching back to Rome. They say, oh, the emperor's given us command to head back to Rome. That's a a move. Yeah, yeah. The problem is, you know, the the Emperor, of course, was carried on a large platform. Um, You know, the problem is that after a while, he had not shown his face for, you know, a little bit too long. And people started to figure, wait a minute, he's not coming out of his his tent. And the race. What's happening right here? Um, And that wasn't the only thing, was, of course, he started to smell. Oh, snaps. So the army actually broke in, found that the emperor was dead, killed the conspirators, and then the army sat down and said, okay, who do we want as our emperor? Diocletian had been with the army since he was a kid. He had risen up through the ranks. He was a very high-ranking officer, not because of his birth, but because of his military prowess, his skill, um, his warriorship, experience, his experience, um, his generalship, and so forth. And they're like, okay, we're going to make this guy the emperor. Now, this guy, born as a peasant, you can imagine the level of superstition that he lives under. Yeah. You know, incredibly, he was probably one of the most superstitious emperors ever to come to power. So he is more threatened by Christianity than any other previous emperor, and he decrees the extermination of Christianity. Wow. Just wipe them out. Every single last Christian in the empire, which by this stage is nearly one in ten people. In other words, he's going to decimate. You know what the word decimate means? Yeah. Right? Kill yeah. One, one in every ten. It's like a genocide. Yeah. Deci, deci one in ten. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Okay, okay, yep, yep, yep. That's where the word comes from. Okay, wow. Um, and this is what you know the Roman Empire would do on, on, at times when they would decimate. It was a form of punitive punishment where they would just kill one in ten people in a nation and hopefully that nation would not uh, rise, up again. Uh, rise up again. Well, he's going to decimate, decimate the empire by killing every single Christian and he decreed this destruction of the scriptures along with it. 
And so the worst persecution broke out that the empire had ever seen. And the Diocletian persecution lasted for 10 years. Wow. And it was the last persecution because, of course, Diocletian being a very old man when he comes to power, he divides the empire up. And there's basically two emperors and two Caesars. Uh, There's four of them that rule the empire, so it's divided up four ways. And one of those is a man by the name of Constantine. Oh. And from Constantine and Constantine's descendants, we have Christianity going the opposite direction and becoming a state religion. But Christianity... Becoming a state religion is tomorrow's story where we get into the letter to the church in Pergamos. Before we get there, the Bible says, um, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He that overcomes will not be hurt of the second death. Jesus is very clear in his implication these people will be hurt of the first death, but not the second one. This is Melissa Rotto. Enjoy the sunshine.
Guys, that was Anders Venton with Gone Other Days here on Faith FM. And we have come to, I believe it is question of the Look, day time. Before we do that, Lyle, I think we need to give some more homegrown clues for our quiz because Ooh, uh, yeah, we did say that. we were going to do that and um, we haven't 
Do you have oh. any sort of DIY clues that we can do for this particular book? Oh, well, hey, um, we have been talking about a certain empire all the way through um, Encounter with God. Uh-huh. That's true. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, and that's the name of the book. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, it took me a second to cotton on there. <laughs> bit slow there this morning, Mon. Bit slow uh, there this bit morning. Bit slow on the uptake. Okay, okay. It is time indeed for our Q of the D, our quad. And uh, today, uh, like we said before, it's uh, we have a question that has come in that is quite relevant to today's uh, topic that we've been talking about. Lyle, why should church and state be kept separate? Okay, first of all, because the Bible says so, but secondly, um, you know, a picture, a picture speaks a thousand words. So let me give you a picture that you can look at. It is called the Islamic Republic of Iran. Now, I want you to think about the title of that act, that nation's name. Islamic, that's church or religion. Republic, that's state or nation. Okay, so here is a perfect example of a union of church and state. And let me ask you this. Who wants to live there? No one. You know, this is a great country full of great people, none of whom want to live there. Why? Because it's a union of church and state. I will give you this challenge. Find me one person on the planet who wants to live in a country that is a union of church and state. You know, it is so rare and it is so hard to find. Maybe you'll find people in the Vatican who will uh, go with that. But it is very, is it very... Because the average citizen wants nothing to do with it. It's because no one likes to be told what to believe. Exactly. Okay. God gave Lucifer freedom of choice. And if God did that in heaven, then we should do the same here on this earth. And so... I will fight just as hard, and I stated this in uh, in a camp meeting that I was preaching at just recently, I will fight just as hard to protect my religious liberty as I will fight to protect the religious liberty of a Luciferian. The reason being is that God did that. And when I fight for his religious liberty, I am fighting for... Uh, I, I am, I am, I am fighting for a cause that God fights for. I am imitating Jesus Christ Himself. Okay, so the Bible says keep church and state separate. That does not mean that as Christians, we do not want to have you know, Christian influence within the state. You know, we have our vote and we exercise our right and we have our our, our comments and you know we 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 say our piece and we stand up and be heard. Um, all of that, but it does mean that we do not have a state church. Australia is not the you know, Anglican Republic of Australia, for instance. Uh, wherever you get that kind of a situation, you have religious persecution and you have disaster. And this is one of the, we're talking about the Roman Empire. One of the reasons why uh, we talked about how the, it was the religious emperors who persecuted. Uh, it wasn't the secular ones. It was the religious ones. Jesus, Jesus, you know, you've, you've got this principle right throughout the Bible. You look in the Old Testament and you look at the constitution for ancient Israel. The constitution for ancient Israel mapped out what the priests would do. The priests would officiate in the temple. Then it mapped out what the kings would do. The kings would officiate in, in, in things of the state. You had a king by the name of King Uzziah. I've mentioned him a few times before. And King Uzziah goes into the temple one day, into the holy place where only the priests were allowed to go, and he offers incense on the altar. And the priests come in and they say, you can't be here. You can't be doing this because you're not a priest. And Uzziah is like, I'm king. I do whatever I want. Why can you tell me what to do? 
And at that moment, God struck him with leprosy. And he had to go and live outside of the city of Jerusalem because he was a leper and you know lepers were excluded. The foundations of his palace are still there today. And those foundations outside the city of Jerusalem stand as a testimony to the separation of church and state that God decreed for the constitution of ancient Israel so long ago. Jesus said it this way, render, and this is, this is uh, Luke chapter 20, verse 25, render unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's and unto God the things which are God's and don't try and confuse the two together. Amen. Thank you for answering that, Lyle. If you have a question, give us a call. Our number here is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Or send them through any of our social media platforms. We'll answer them live on air. The beginning of love came easy. It's the way it's meant to be But I've heard his ears pass on and on and on and on Love doesn't always come so freely But I know love it's
Welcome back, everybody. That was Ali and Leighton with Hire here on Faith FM, and we are about to end the breakfast show. So here at the end of the breakfast show, mine, you've got your credit card out. Yeah, I'm just about buying to some flights. Transfer me some money. <laughs> no, what's what, so you can buy yourself a jumper? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. I need one. Monitor While the I will give you, to the max. This I will morning, give you money, and I am frozen to death I'll in the middle you, of summer. I'll give you money, but only if you use it to buy a onesie. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, no. Never happen. Somewhere your wife is rolling around the floor laughing. Um, Okay, so we always end the show the same way. We do give away something for free. It's not my money or my credit card details. It is, in today's case, a really great book uh, called The Antichrist Agenda. So, yeah, if you're uh, in... (laughs) Lyle's literally shivering. If you're really intrigued by what we talked about during our study today and during our Q of the day, talking about separation of church and state and... uh, what's going on behind there and maybe in front of there, this is definitely a book that you will want to read. So it's written by Danny Shelton and Shelley J. Quinn. Uh, it's a really great book. Um, talks all about the powers of the unseen world, you know, the spiritual battle that's going on behind it all. Uh, very interesting. Give us a call now. The first person who will get a copy of this, our number, of course, is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Uh, or you can text your deets uh, 0491 Absolutely. And, of course, don't forget that if you would like to know more about the Bible, we have a whole bunch of Bible studies that are available and different ways that you can study the Bible. Yeah, we've got heaps of great options for um, studying the Bible. It's just so many. We can do it online uh, with courses and you get like what, like a certificate printout thing at the end. Yep. And um, we can do it one-on-one. We can organize that uh, to have someone in your area. It doesn't matter. Network of Bible workers Australia-wide. Yeah, Australia-wide. doesn't matter where you live. Um, also, uh, in small groups, if you prefer to have a group setting, like a class. Um, and that's almost Australia-wide? Yeah, yeah. And if you'd also like to know where your nearest church is, you want to go for a visit, um, or, you'd, or you're in the Newcastle Hunter area and you want to come along to the church where Lyle preaches, uh, give us a call as well. We've got all yeah, these details. Come and join us out at Maitland Church. Or, yeah. Um, yeah or if you there. just want to just want some more info about this Bible stuff, jump on our YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com uh, and search for Faith FM Australia and uh, you'll see all of our questions of the days uh, for the last year or so. And uh, you can get yourself some good information there. You can watch Lyle um, answering Q of the D live on camera. And uh, of course, you can jump on our Instagram, which is Faith FM Live, or on our Facebook, which is Faith FM Australia. And don't forget that uh, Mon is still raising money for Africa for her Kenya trip. And, uh, of course, that is not for her personally, but that's for medical supplies. 100% of it will be going for medical supplies. KenyaHealth.org is the website to donate. Absolutely. Look forward to spending tomorrow with you guys. Do his good.